podcast where the ancient Christian faith is brought to bear on issues prevalent in modern culture. We're your hosts. I'm Father Wesley Walker. I'm Father Creighton McElveen. And I'm Father Hayden Butler. And today we are doing one of our short episodes, our first short episode of the season. And we're going to be drafting Bibles. Um, and the way that we're going to do this is that we're not picking translations so much as we are additions. So, for example, the new Oxford annotated Bible would count as an entry, not just the NRSV. Um, though, I mean, if you really feel strongly about a translation, I guess you could you could go for it. But I think in general, we're going to try to specialize a little bit more. Um, there are so many different study Bibles out there and translations and, and helpful tools, though maybe too many of them, um, that uh, there's certainly plenty for us to choose from. So we did a uh, we did a random number generator contest before we started recording and i did win without it being rigged um yeah you know we're, we're, we're still out on that but <laughs> so i will go first father creighton will go second father hayden will go third but it is a, it will snake so father hayden you get a back-to-back pick you got it so all right so i will start us off and i have got to pick the word on fire uh, nrsv set and I know everybody else no. wanted it, but oh, it's so man. good. It's so good. It's so good. It's expensive. It's expensive because they don't publish it in one volume, but so you have to buy multiple volumes. But it's just a great convergence of beautiful art and poetry, um, of of excellent excerpts from patristic writings and sermons, and and really helpful scholarly comments as well on the text. Um, and uh, and also just the production value is amazing. I mean, the, each individual copy is so beautiful. You really want to return. You want to continue to uh, read it. It's just a shame that, you know, no Catholics ever read the Bible. <laughs> Apparently. All right. So word on fire in RSV. That is off the off the board. Uh, Father Creighton, what is going to be your first pick? I'm so mad at you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. All right, so I think I think I'm gonna go with uh, the Jerusalem Bible. Um, it's, it's not as aesthetically pleasing <laughs> in most printings as the Word on Fire Bible, um, but I think it's really good. I think the translation is is uh, a very good translation. It's a dynamic translation. It's not a literal translation, so it definitely gets a more sort of narrative. Uh, experience for the reader. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's the only translation and or Bible you should have if you're trying to do some intense study, but I think it can certainly help. Uh, And I think especially with some of the more difficult uh, books, like let's take some of the Pauline epistles, for instance, because it's a dynamic translation, it does a really good job of conveying the meaning. Um, And I think it's good because uh, it has contem- It's a more contemporary translation in terms of its language, and so I think you get a little bit more uh, ease of readability, but the language is also, I think, um, reverent and sacral in some ways. Um, so, yeah, Jerusalem Bible. It's a great one. Uh, I'm not particularly like upset or dislike the New Jerusalem Bible, which is the kind of updated version of it. I think they're both great. Um, but oftentimes with the Jerusalem Bible, some of the commentaries and articles associated with it uh, as a study Bible um, are really interesting. Uh, lots of interesting Raymond Brown articles and things like that in the Jerusalem Bible. Um, 
that I would recommend. So that's my first. Excellent. Excellent. All right, Father Hayden, back to backs here. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to have to go with, for my first, um, I'm going to go with the ESV C-CE um, in this case. So the English Standard A very Version, important caveat. Yeah. Catholic edition. Um, it's a, uh, it's really helpful for the daily offices. Um, it's a good, it's, if you're like saying the offices by yourself um, and you're wanting to be consistent in that practice, it's a good Bible to accompany that. Um, the, the inclusion of uh, the Apocrypha in it is really uh, nice and it's in a, it's a pretty plausible translation of it. It's also for people who are just approaching the, the Apocrypha, probably a little more user-friendly and learner-friendly than uh, trying to tackle it in the King James uh, right off the bat, um, especially with some unfamiliar um, kind of narrative techniques and, uh, and, uh, and book structures. Um, so yeah, I think for my first, for first choice, that'd be the one. Also, you know, I, I just, you know, there's a place in my formation, you know, and in, in my imagination for the ESV. I was a, you know, a Biola student back in the day, and that was the the standard issue Bible for uh, for all of us back then. So a lot of my early theological education and biblical formation was was in that translation. So it's uh, it's still got a place on my desk. Um, Do I remember practice. reading somewhere that maybe the ESV CE is slightly different from the regular ESV, not just in its inclusion in the Apocrypha and the ordering of it, but maybe in some of the translation decisions that they make? Yeah, I, I've heard that, although I couldn't so I couldn't corroborate it. Um, sure. I haven't done a kind of side-by-side uh, -side, uh, look at it, um, but I, I've enjoyed it. And there, you know, I've, I think one of the things I, I think with all the translations is you have some blind spots sometimes or a little bit, you know, weaker um, parts of it. Um, it's very difficult to translate so many different literary genres in a in a in a uniformly quality way. Um, and if there's anything I, I generally don't like about the ESV, it's that the poetic sections tend to be kind of stilted and and lame um, in their kind of poetic quality, um, which I think you know is more soaring in the King James. Um, you know, and 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 uh, and so I think that matters if you're reading the Psalms or you're or you're or you're reading songs that people are singing. So. Uh, but I think it's a good um, a good standard um, uh, Bible for for accompanying your your practice of the daily offices. So that'd be my first one. Excellent. What about your second? My second one uh, that I'll that I'll mention here is actually the uh, the Orthodox Study Bible, um, and uh, I'll put that one out there um, for um, its excellent um, uh, annotations, um, in specifically in terms of like liturgical sensibilities. Um, and the emergence of liturgical patterns and um, and liturgical like tap roots in the Bible. Um, so as we you know talk about why worship became what worship became in the early church and then onward, um, it's helpful to have a Bible that's that's almost that's really attentive to those kinds of things. It's a good um, it's a New King James translation, which I generally like, um, and and it also has the you know. It's translated from the Greek text of the Septuagint. That's an interesting, you know, uh, study um, it, to, to have a Bible that's translated that way, including the Deuterocanonical books, and then um, and the, but also it's also full of uh, commentary from the Church Fathers as well, and more from the Eastern per, uh, perspective. And that's a really helpful dialogue to have when 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 one's forming in their sense of how early Christians were reading these texts, um, and not in the, only in terms of the kind of you know uh, the conclusions they were drawing, but also just the technique for approaching the scriptures. So I find that this is a good kind of encapsulation of all of those tendencies um, and, and, and useful for a Western Christian to be exposed to a very different way of approaching the scriptural texts. Excellent. I also had that on my list, but mm -hmm. same. 
Yeah, figures. Well, Father Creighton, you get a you get a pick now. All right, I'm gonna go with I think um, trying to kind of balance for my previous, um, and I'm gonna say the message. No, I'm I'm kidding. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to throw in the Oxford Annotated Bible or the New Oxford Annotated Bible. Um, either one. Uh, I think in terms of kind of modern scholarship, the New Oxford Annotated is kind of the the uh, benchmark standard. Um, and I think it's pretty good. Um, it's uh, in the Oxford Annotated Bible, you're going to get an RSV translation. With the New Oxford Annotated, you're going to get an NRSV translation. Um, and I'm not particularly cranky about the NRSV. Hmm. Um, it, it, sometimes you'll, you'll hear complaints that it uh, has sort of gender-inclusive language. Um, and what m- most people mean when they say that is like gender neutralizing language but the reality in the nrsv is that where you would get a a, a word like brethren it's going to translate it as brothers and sisters mm-hmm. um so so group nouns things like that are, are going to either be um you know accommodating to to both genders or um you know translated in some way like beloved or friends or something like that um and i think it's i think it's a very readable translation um, and it's helpful as a literal translation to kind of get to the nitty gritty of some of the, the textual variations. And we should say too, I mean, that it's more in that sense, precise actually to take that approach that the NRSV does. Cause a word like, you know, if Paul's writing and he says my brothers in the King James, but the Greek word is Adelphoi. Well, the sort of bias of Greek language is such that, you know, you could have a group of 99 women and one man and you still call them the brothers you know that's just how it is so it's it helps us in terms of our precision i think uh, when translations make those decisions it's not i don't think um a bad thing all right oxford annotated was on my list um so i have to think about this okay my first i'll go with a translation but the translation is one that has a lot of um notes in it the net um, which is, uh, I think, becoming a more popular translation. It's it's definitely sure. one that you see yeah. like up uh, here at Barnes and Noble. Um, but I, what I appreciate about it is that it was translated by a lot of good language scholars who then mm-hmm. leave a lot of footnotes as to why they translated what they did. And they'll often say, you know, you could also translate it this way or that way, and they'll give a, a survey of the views in the footnotes. So it's a really helpful. Look, I think any for any serious student, I think it's helpful for some for people like us. I have gone through phases of trying to actually read the readings for Sunday in the original languages, and I find it to be really time consuming, especially when after you get through reading it, you're like, oh, great. Now I've got another sermon the next week. You know, right. I, I just don't have the mental energy to do all that. <laughs> so the NET is a helpful way of engaging with the original languages without uh, having to actually read the original languages uh, completely. Um, so I do appreciate that. So NET will be my second. And then my third will a be... A quick note on that, uh, oh, yes. Father Wes, uh, on the NET, is they got actually a really great um, web interface too. Uh, it's oh, yeah. uh, netbible.org. Uh, they, they're, um, the way they've put that online is a, is a really nice, um, easy to use kind of interface. It seems know, that their, their original... 
actual physical book was not that's the best well i the notes were really good but the layout i thought was not very great like the um, hard to read the the font that they use for it looked like the avatar movie font you know papyrus yeah Yeah. (laughs) which papyrus bible but but it seems like they've really been focusing on now that they have sort of the substance down the aesthetic aspect of it so the online interface is great i have it on logos which is great and like i said the ones that like Barnes and Noble, I mean, it seems like they really are uh, attractive looking books. I I don't have an, I actually, I might have one new one at the church, but anyways, but yeah. So I'll, anyway, NAT is my second pick. My third pick will be, uh, I was hoping it would be the new Oxford annotated, but I will do the Ascension Press RSV. Mm. Um, I got this for Christmas this year and uh, we've been using the Ascension Press curriculum at the church for our children's Sunday school and find it to be really helpful. Um, you know, for clergy or or seminary educated people, it's it's maybe not anything new, but the layout is really helpful. They color code each uh, page based on kind of where it falls in the unfolding story of salvation history. And it, of course, has the uh, corresponding podcast with uh, Mike Schmidt's The Bible in a Year podcast. So yeah. that's helpful. Um, so if anybody from Word on Fire or Ascension Press is listening, you know, please send us uh, all these books. We would appreciate it. Please. I doubt they are listening to us, but still, um, it would be nice. So, so yeah, so I got Word on Fire, NET, and Ascension Press, RSV. Uh, Father Creighton, what's your last pick? Last pick. I, this is this is a tough one um, because I tend to lean towards, or I kind of, I, I lean away from um, what we could call maybe like traditional language translations these thou's that kind of stuff um principally because of the kind of devotional and study aspect of things um if i'm reading my offices or i'm I'm, you know digging into a particular text um i'm i'm gonna going for a bit more of the understandability um aspect of things um but i'm gonna i'm gonna say i think i'm gonna say the dewey rames as a translation yeah um and i i i think it's a it's okay to say dewey rames or like kjv as an option because i think they both sort of fulfill that same place the kjv uh 1611 the dewey rames 1609 they have a very similar sensibility in terms of their language um but i think in certain instances the dewey rames does a better job than the KJV of sort of um, rendering a text within its ecclesial context, if that makes sense. Um, so you get a little bit, you know, kind of better access to to some of how that text is understood within the life of the church. And you know, they both have the apocrypha, um, but I, I I tend towards the Dewey Rames if I'm going to go traditional language than the KJV, but I'm not imagine like, that, but I'm not like a hater on the KJV. <laughs> so you can replace either of those. All right, father Hayden, finish this off. What's your, what's the, what's the Mr. Irrelevant Bible. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm just going to say, I'm going to break the convention uh, with my third choice here and piecemeal together a Bible that doesn't exist. Um, and so how, how uh, Protestant of you, the I message, 
That's right. <laughs> yeah, that one does exist. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not just in your dreams. No. Yeah, uh, and uh, nightmares. Um, yeah, <laughs> like it's okay. The, the message can't hurt you. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, there are there are a couple of uh, volumes that I, I actually do enjoy um, reading um, for kind of an alternative perspective, um, an alternative translation of the text for the reasons that I think will become evident. Um, uh, so Old Testament, I would say um, it's I've been really enjoying reading uh, Robert Alter's uh, translation of uh, the books of Moses. Um, really, he has now all the, the all the books um, of the Hebrew scriptures, and uh, and so reading through those and getting his commentary notes as someone who's not reading them through a Christian lens or translating them from a Christian perspective um, is a helpful thing. And you know, willing his willing to his um, you know his freedom to admit of textual ambiguities or or, or translation air issues um, coming at it from kind of a Hebrew scholar perspective. I've found to be really enriching, um, and I and I I love the layout of it. It's a beautiful volume set, series of volumes um, that have been produced, um, and so it's 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 excellent. I've used it for devotional reading um, and also for study and getting a, a, a perspective outside of outside of the camp, as it were. And so uh, that's that's for for uh, the, for the Old Testament. Um, I would also put in there the um, Cambridge Liturgical Psalter, um, which I have been really enjoying using, and we'll actually sometimes use. Um, in informal contexts here at the parish. Um, uh, and one of the things I like about that, uh, the Cambridge liturgical Psalter is um, like the Coverdale Psalter in our prayer books, it is um, translated with a concern for poetry, which is just so hard to find <laughs> um, in translations. Um, and it really takes an attentive uh, look at the musicality of the thing, um, the lyricality of the thing, and um, and and and, and takes time to to capture that and to be a, a formation in the theological imagination and to really make um, deep use of the images of the Psalter tradition. Um, so I would throw that in there. And then for the New Testament, I would throw in the um, Ignatius Press New Study New Testament. Um, I wish they would do an entire uh, Bible. To my knowledge, they haven't done uh, the Old Testament yet, but they're. Um, the, the the New Testament study uh, version uh, from Ignatius is is really good, especially in its um, kind of uh, its dogmatics notes um, it, it, as it looks at um, scriptures and how those informed um, doctrinal and dogmatic decisions in Western Christianity. Um, those are really helpful in there, and also it's 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 really informative of looking at um, for looking at um, particularly Mariological um, trends in the New Testament. Um, which is 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 lacking in a lot of translations, even Catholic translations sometimes. Um, and so I found that really helpful that it keeps very careful attention to um, emerging Mariological themes um, in the New Testament and relates them back to Old Testament uh, citations, um, even if it doesn't, you know, there's not a whole uh, study Bible yet. So that would be the, the the imaginary Bible that doesn't exist, the Robert Alter Old Testament, Cambridge Liturgical Psalter, and the Ignatius New Testament. With how that began, I really thought you were going to say the David Billy Hart New Testament or the N.T. Wright New <laughs> Testament, and I was just bracing ourselves for the angry emails and letters that we would get. No, that people will be nobody knows yet to be angry about what I just said, so they got to think about <laughs> it for a while, and so that's we can. True. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay, so listeners down below in the comments, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, be sure to tell us who you think won. I had the Word on Fire Bible, the N.E.T. and the Ascension Press uh, R.S.V. Father Creighton have the Jerusalem Bible, the Oxford or New Oxford uh, annotated Bible, and the Dewey Rhymes. Uh, and Father Hayden had the ESV Catholic edition, 
the Orthodox Study Bible, and then his Frankenstein Bible of uh, Alter, Robert Alter's translation, Cambridge Liturgical Psalter, and the Ignatius Press uh, New Testament, Study New Testament. So let us know who won. And in the meantime, uh, feel, be, please uh, give us a follow on Facebook or Twitter, and uh, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and or your YouTube videos, which I would assume is only on YouTube, but who knows? So, very good. Well, uh, Father Creighton, would you uh, close us off with a blessing? Yes. Let us pray. The blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Oh.